Welcome to the underground, a place to hear the word of God before you go six feet underground, a place to get into the word of God so the word of God can get into you. And who am I? I'm just the voice of one calling out saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, the underground. How everybody doing? If you can hear me well, can you please give me a thumbs up? Somebody in the uh, visiting room, room, do you mind giving me a thumbs up to let me know you hear me well? All right. I appreciate it. That was Jason Upton. Open up the earth. Open up the earth. Appreciate you guys coming in today. I hope you guys are having a beautiful time in this life that we're living. It goes by so fast, so I hope you're enjoying it. I hope you're spending time with those that you really want to spend time with. I hope that you're showing love to those that really deserve your love. You know, we got to redeem the time. Because the days are evil, my people. So I hope you guys are doing the things that God is calling you to do. We waste no time. We are wasting no time. We receive a word, we get a word, and we chase it until we capture, until we live it, until we're walking in it. That's what we do. I'm going to be coming out of Luke chapter 8, and I'm going to start at verse 40. Uh, shout out to... Uh, one of my brothers in prison who actually told me, I don't know, as soon as I walked in this Monday, he came up to me and said, man, I was reading Luke 8, and I think you should read it. And I say, okay. So I came home and read it, and, you know, God just showed me a lot uh, in these scriptures, in these particular verses that I wanted to share with you guys. So just wanted to shout out my brother in prison. You know who you is for giving me this uh, this particular verse, Luke 8, Luke 8, starting at verse 40. <clears throat> Let me read a couple of scriptures, though, to lay the foundation. I, I want to do that real quick. Can I do that? Uh, in Isaiah 61, starting at verse 1, it says, The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted. And to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to those who mourn to tell them that the time of the Lord's favor has come. I wanted to show you that in this particular verse, when it says the Lord has anointed me. Because we in our culture, sometimes we anoint people just because of talent. We anoint people just because they make us probably feel good or we cry if they sing a song. But in this particular verse, it is telling you what the anointing brings. It said it brings good news to the poor. When it talks about poor, that's not talking about money. It's talking about poor in spirit. You're able to bring the gospel. That's Isaiah 61, starting at verse 1. But you're able to bring the gospel. That's what your life brings, the gospel. That's what makes you anointed. That's what the anointing brings. You're able to bring the gospel. When you speak, it just preaches the gospel. 
It also it brings good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted. When people are going through trials and tribulations, you're you're anointed to bring a word from God that can comfort them in their season, that can comfort them in a broken heart, that can comfort them in a pain. That's what you are anointed to do. OK, it also it, it, it helps you uh, break the captivity off God's people, your life, your word, your light. It brings uh it brings the it, it can break the yoke. You have a certain ministry that can break the captivity of people's lives. When they hear you, when they're around you, they want to break the button. It, it just want to free them from sin, free them from darkness. That's what the anointing brings. And prisoners will be free. That's a spiritual. There's there's people right now that are free, but is that but is doing time with the devil. They've been locked up 10, 20, 30 years in a spiritual prison. The anointing that you carry will be able to free them. Do you understand, my brothers and sisters? What I'm talking about right now is what the anointing brings. And that's what you want on your ministry. You want God to give you anointing that when you speak, it set the prisoners free. They are free from fornication. They are free from alcohol. They are free from drugs. They are free from pills. They are free from homosexuality. They are free from covetousness. They are free from greed. They, they begin to get free from these things because that's the level of anointing that your ministry brings. Amen. It also says he has sent me to those, those who mourn to tell them that the time of the Lord favor have come. Though that there's people right now that, that that's mourning, that's going through a tough time of, a tough season you're there because to let them know hey the favor of the lord is here get to it stop moping around stop with the woe is me spirit get to it the favor of the lord is here you you, you know how to motivate people to get to the will of God in their life. You know how to motivate people to get to the purpose of God in their life. That's what the anointing does. Okay? So don't let the crowds, okay? Don't let the followers, don't let clout fool you of what the anointing brings. Test that. Or if if the, if if we send people are anointed, I want you to test that people who following them are they free from sin? Are they coming out of the the the, the lifestyle of sin? Does that's what the anointing should bring on the ministry? It frees people out of darkness. It begins to liberate the minds of the children of God to go after God with all they got, uh, they, they got. Their heart begins to be circumcised again. They begin to call the wayward child back to repentance. That's what the anointing does. 
let me tell you, in our culture, do not get confused with the anointing going viral. You can go viral, but if it's not breaking the yoke of sin, you just going viral. Don't mistake the anointing for going viral. That's the common thing. The anointing is a holy thing. See, common is everybody can do it. See, somebody is going to go viral today. Somebody is going to go viral tomorrow. Somebody is going to go viral next week. And somebody is going to go viral here on out, right? But the anointing, see, no, 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 no. Everybody just don't get the anointing. You know why everybody just can't get the anointing? Let me tell you why. Because the altar is empty. See, your life had to be laid down on that, that altar in order for that all to flow like that, baby. Just letting you know. Yeah, a laid down life, that's how you get it. You can't buy it. Your popularity can't get it. Your status can't get it. Your education can't get it. Who you know can't get it. Your title can't get it. You can be a bishop, you can be a pastor, you can be an apostle, you can be the top record artist in America, gospel record artist in America, but if their life is not laid down on that altar, the anointing can't flow. The reason it says, when it was talking about Isaiah 61, Jesus quoted this verse, by the way, and he says, the spirit of the Lord has anointed me. He said the, the, the sovereign Lord was upon him. You know why? Because he was he was sent here to lay down his life. He was sent here to lay down his life. That's what your leader did. to all my disciples out there, to all my believers, I'm just speaking of what your leader did. He laid down his life. He laid down his feelings. He lays down his emotions. He laid down anything that was against the will of God. He laid it down. When that happens, the spirit of the Lord is upon you. And, and I tell you, your ministry will begin to flow so differently. Your words would penetrate the hearts of men, women, children from all walks of life. Do you understand me? From all walks of life. See, the anointing doesn't just come for black folks. The anointing just don't come for white folks. It just don't come for Chinese folks. It just don't come for Jewish folks. It just don't come for rabbi folks. It just don't come for Catholic folks. See, that anointing will penetrate mankind. It will penetrate the whole world. For God so loved the world. Do you hear me? For God so loved the world. It didn't say for God so loved black. For God so loved white. For God so loved rich. For God so loved poor. For God so loved the world. Your anointing can't be prejudiced. <laughs> how 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 are you anointed in his prejudice how does it only want the blacks to be liberated 
How does your anointing only want the whites to be liber uh, liberated? How is it that your anointing only wants Chinese to be liberated or Nigerian to be liberated? How is that? But so clearly, guys say, I love the world. You can be gifted. Of course, you can be gifted. You know why you're gifted? Because our God is generous. I want you to know you're gifted because God is generous. Let me say this one more time. You're gifted, my brothers and sisters. In whatever field that you're in, you're so gifted because our God is generous. That's why you're gifted. Our God is kind. In his, in his giving. That's why you should be a giver. Because your God was like that. Your father is like that. You're talented because God is kind. Romans chapter 2 and verse 4 said, Do you ignore the fact that the purpose of God, kindness, is meant to lead you to repentance? The gifts you got, it's 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 meant to lead you to repentance. The house he gave you is meant to lead you to repentance. The wife he gave you is meant to lead you to repentance. The degree you got was meant to lead you to repentance. The child that you just birthed was meant to lead you to repentance. The child that you birthed, that he protected all those nine months when you had no control of what happens in the womb, my mother, it was meant to lead you to repentance. The prayer that he just answered, it was meant to lead you to repentance. The business that you own, it was meant to lead you to repentance. The business that continues to generate money year after year after year after year, it's meant to lead you to repentance. That's why he starts to uh, contribute his kindness out to his people like that. He said, I just I, I'm doing it so you can repent and turn back to me, because when you turn back to me, there's more kindness that I'll share to you. <laughs> he said, I really want you to repent to me because I want to show you more of my. kindness." See, some of y'all just got a taste of his kindness. Mm. Your ears and your eyes and your mind can even begin to comprehend the kindness of God. Mm -hmm. You thought somebody buying your lunch was so kind. Oh, that's just a little taste. That's That was God just giving you a little taste. And it came out of nowhere, didn't it? Yeah, somebody sent you a cash app out of nowhere, didn't it? Who you think put it on their heart to do that? So I want you to know that there's blessings waiting on you out of nowhere. But it's all meant to lead you to repentance. That was just a little appetizer. I just wanted to lay the foundation of who we're going to be talking about today. That's it. I just wanted to lay the foundation, the groundwork, and we go build up off of that for who we're going to be talking about. It's all about God. Yeah, it's, 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 it's much revelation in the appetizer because God in it. <laughs> God in it. Anything God in it is, is going to be much, period. <laughs> it's going to be uh, so much. And anything God in, you best believe it's, it's the best.
It's the best. You haven't experienced your best believer. Nah, you haven't experienced your best. Nah, you haven't. You haven't experienced your best. Why? You know how I know? Because we, we got in, we got into eternity to experience that. This thing just gets better and better and better as you begin to walk with them. As you begin to lay down your life, as you begin to put aside those things that easily beset you, this thing only gets better. You thought last year was your best. Lay down your life and continue to receive the best he has to offer you. In Luke chapter 8 and verse 40, it says, On the other side of the lake, clouds welcome Jesus. Now, first off, I want you to see the the the, the flakiness of the crowd. Mm. This is for people who your business may get a crowd. Your ministry may get a crowd. Uh, 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 your Instagram may generate a crowd. Your social media may generate a crowd. But I want you to see the flakiness of the crowd. Because we know this same crowd, this same crowd, think about it, they was yelling, crucify, crucify, crucify. So never let the crowd, my brothers and sisters, deter you. Never let the crowd get you too high. Never let the crowd make you listen too successful. Because they they it, they flaky. It, it gets shaky. Uh-huh. That's too many people. A crowd is too many people to please. Right? So you're going to say something, do something that's going to displease people. And then when that happens, crucify, crucify, crucify. So my brothers and sisters, we never get high off a crowd because if you do it'll overdose and kill you stay level-headed as god begins to bring a crowd your way to uh hear your ministry uh try your business out hear the words of god begin to bless your hands and whatever you're doing hey we thank god for it but we're not gonna get you know too arrogant because we got a crowd Mm -mm. Let's keep moving. Uh, it says, because they had been waiting for him. Okay, they've been waiting for him. Verse 41, then a man named Jairus, a leader of the local synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come home with him, uh, with him. So this is a man, he was a local leader of the synagogue. You got you to gotta understand back in that time, that was a very... Uh, prestigious role to have. That would be like you being, a, you know, a pastor of the church or a bishop of a, of a church and things like that. So I want y'all to see, though he was a leader, though he may have knowledge, though he may have the anointing, he may carry, you know, a certain clout a certain prestige amongst the people that never got him too big-headed where he couldn't fall at the feet of Jesus. 
And I want y'all to see, he didn't keep Jesus at the synagogue. He didn't just want to keep him in a synagogue. He said, I want you to come home with me. Don't leave Jesus at Sunday service. Don't leave Jesus with your ministry. You come to his feet and say, I need you to come home with me too, God. I need you to come to my job with me too, God. I need you to come to the, the road trips that I have too, God. I need you to come to the business with me too, uh, meeting with me too, God. Do you understand, my brothers and sisters? No matter what role that you're in, no matter what uh, position that you hold, you should be falling at the feet of Jesus, pleading, I need you to come with me. Because if you don't come with me, Jesus, I don't know what might happen. This is the arrogant spirit that we have to be mindful of. I'm serious, my brothers and sisters. I'm starting to understand. It's an arrogant spirit to think we can go one minute, one minute. I'm sorry, God. One second. Excuse me, God. One second without God. I said a minute. How arrogant that was of me. One second without him. You know, God is so kind to us. I was uh, he was teaching me today as I was looking at the trees and I was looking at the grass and I was just looking at his beautiful creation. He's so he's just so marvelous. You ever just want to uh, just see how marvelous, marvelous God is. Just look at his creation. And I was seeing how kind he is towards humans, because do you understand if a tree. Don't do what it's supposed to do. It is going to wither away. It's just going to die out. I was just looking. I was like, man, that tree can just, I mean, the leaves will fall off. The leaves, they, they do what they do and they gone. He continues to give us a chance, though. Chance after chance after chance after chance to do what we was created to do. To do what we was created to do, God continues to give us that chance after chance. A leaf, fall off, blow into the wind, it's gone. Don't water the plant. Mm -hmm. that, that, that little rose you got or that little plant that somebody gave you and you got it outside, stop watering and see what it does. You haven't been watered with the gospel of good news and you still here. You see how kind God is to you? You haven't planted no seeds when it comes to this gospel, but you still living. You see how God is just good. He just good. He just kind. That's what we just got to thank you, God, for your kindness. But go outside and that little plant that you got sitting on that table, stop watering and see what happened to it the goodness of God. But let me get back to this scripture though. In verse 42, Luke 8, 42. So the man came pleading with him, right? Fell down at his feet. He says, his only daughter who was about 12 years old was dying. Was dying. I want you to know my brothers and sisters, 
You can be a a, a lead of a, a of a big church, a big organization. You may be on Instagram and have a, a, a ministry that has millions of followers. You may be a top artist that's uh, going across the world singing gospel music. But I want you to know you can have something in your life still dying. Still dying. You can be preaching in front of thousands of people every single day. You can be preaching in front of thousands, millions of people every single week. But your marriage can be dying. Your relationship with your kids can be dying. Your business can be dying. But you falling at the feet of Jesus and something can be done. These are the sorrows and trials and tribulations of life that some we go through. We go through. This was a local synagogue leader. A leader. You understand? me? Somebody who had it to be a leader, he must have had a, a deep, devoted spiritual life. How can God be allowing his daughter to be dying? You know, what, what, what's that about? What, I'm trying to get you guys to see the reality in this life. Oh, you, you will have tribulations and sorrows. Okay. That's why the anointing is supposed to be on you, because when those people have those sorrows, you can come and give them a word. You can come and give them a, a, a visit. You can be a help in that time. When people are dealing with these sorrows, as Jesus went with him, thank God for going with us, by the way. Thank God for going with us. He was surrounded by the crowds. So he's on his way. So the man came to Jesus, fell at his feet, cried out to him, God, my, my, my child is dying. And I want y'all to see how quickly he answered that prayer. God is answering your prayers. God is answering your prayers. He was surrounded by crowds. 43, a woman in the crowd has suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. So this is a, I, I love this particular story because it shows how Jesus can handle all type of situations at one time. He can, he can deal with all his children at one time. That's the guy we serve. Nothing is too much for him. Nothing is too stressful for him. I get I get stressed out when people uh come uh after church talking to me too much. I'll be like, ooh, I'm ready to go. But can you imagine? You got he got to deal with uh, uh somebody a little child dying. You got this man, he's stressing out because his daughter died. He got to get to the daughter, and now all of a, then you got a crowd out around you. 
you you don't know what they there for. You know, they got all type of ambition. They got all they type of things that they want to do, get from Jesus. And then now all of a sudden you got a woman who's dealing with an issue for 12 years. What is this, my brothers and sisters, what I just talked about? I'm talking about ministry. This is ministry. It's not just getting on YouTube. It's not just taking pictures on Instagram. This is real ministry. Dealing with the issues and problems of people. And they are coming to you. And you're going to have to be at the feet of Jesus and able to feed his sheep. Ministry is not just for people to say, oh, that was a good word, brother. That was a good word, sister. Ministry is not just getting up on a stage Sunday singing your solo. Nah. It's dealing with people who've been dealing with an issue for 12 years, maybe. It may be dealing with people whose marriages is dying. Dealing with people whose life is dying. You're going to have to be anointed for that. Your talent ain't going to be able to help you deal with these people. Your smile ain't going to be able to help you deal with these people. Oh, that, he's just a nice person. That ain't going to help it. Do you see the problems that people are going to bring to you when you begin to embody the life of Jesus? Why am I saying this, my brothers and sisters? I'm trying to get you to count the cost. See, because I'm, I'm so... <sighs> I'm not. I'm trying to switch what I want to say. Just frustrated a little bit at. I think social media paints ministry in a way of, you know, a, a way to get known, a cloud, and and and, you know, click on this video and hear what this person said, and uh, I mean, and that's cool. We can hear what people say, but it takes life to walk out what people are saying. Do you understand? I can hear a quick, you know, deep message in a quick, deep, you know, quick video of about faith and about this and about that. But what people are saying, do you understand? It's going to take a lay down life to walk out. So we may like a video. We may thumbs up a, vi a video, but when I look at your life, I see a thumbs down. I want you guys to count the cost of what you're listening to. What is going to cost to really walk that out? To really manifest that in your life, to really manifest that in your marriage, to really manifest that with your kids for how long? 18, 19, 20 years while they're up under your roof. Oh, my gosh. Do you understand what that's going to cost? See. Understand, Jesus walked this out every single day. Oh, whew. the weight I just felt when I said that. that you know, and, and, and 
I, I, I put myself on the cross when I say this. You know, we get tired because we fast one day. <laughs> we fast a couple of uh, uh, two days. I'm talking about myself, y'all. I'm I'm stressing out. I'm going through stuff. Oh God, boy! If you don't uh, see the coast, that's what he te the coast, sir. It's the coast. This is what it is to walk with Jesus. This is what it is to, 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 when you, if you want Jesus to answer that prayer immediately. I mean, you have such a tight relationship with him that you just, boom, it answers. You hear, you hear the, the, the voice of God, boom. Oh, man, do you know how much that's going to cost? Yeah, 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 that's going to cost. That's going to cost. Oh, let me get back to the scripture, you know. Thank you, God, for giving us that revelation. Okay. And she could find no cure. So this lady was bleeding for 12 years, and she couldn't find no cure. That's how you was in the world. That's how you was jumping from relationship to relationship. Job to job. House to house, couch to couch. There was a, there was a, you was bleeding from your soul. And you was trying so many different alcohols, drugs, relationships. You was traveling everywhere. You was trying different hairstyles. You was, you was trying different weight plans. And then you was trying different looks and all these type of things. But you couldn't really find a cure for your soul. You couldn't find a cure. You was like, what is it? Some of you guys listening right now, you're trying to find a cure for your soul. You're bleeding. You're, you're bleeding from the inside. You're bleeding. This is not a physical thing I'm talking about. I'm talking about a spiritual depravity. And people don't see that you're bleeding from the inside. Bleeding out. You're dying a slow death. And you can't find it. You just graduated. You just got your master's degree. And still, you haven't found a cure. You just moved into your six-bedroom house. Freshly built. It got the new smell and everything. Freshly furniture. In inside the garage, a new car. But guess what? No cure. You still have it's still some missing on the inside of you. You're bleeding. You have enough money that every month you can go to a different country, still bleeding. Every country you go to, you leaving blood drops. <laughs> oh God. Verse, verse 48, I mean 44, coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe and immediately the bleeding stopped. I had a verse that I wanted to share with y'all about that because when we when, when it uh, talks about his robe, that's a very powerful thing to talk about. Let's see. Go to Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 1. Real quick, I'm going to just read one quick verse. Isaiah 
What, and I, and I promise y'all when when I seen this, uh, I say, oh God, it, it it it's like it was like a, I don't know, I can't even explain how God showed me. And it and it said, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on the throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And so. And in, in, in this Luke chapter 8 verse, when it talks about she pressed up behind him and touched his robe, I, God has showed me a vision. It's that same robe that uh, he's seen in that vision. It was just flowing from heaven, and she was able to press through, through the bleeding, through the pain. And basically, the people around think she touched the robe that was on earth, but she really touched the throne of God. Hmm. See, you're going to have to fight through this to touch the throne of God. You steady trying to touch flesh. You steady trying to touch man. You're trying to touch the woman's throne. I want you to get through and touch the throne of God. The robe, it flowed from that throne that was in heaven, and she touched that. She experienced something. You know how I know she experienced it? Because the it stopped. Oh, see, bleeding can't come to that throne. Trials can't come to that throne. Death can't come to that throne. Sickness can't come to that throne. Poverty can't come to that throne. Lack can't come to that throne. Let me tell you something, my brothers and sisters. If you're still lacking... On the inside, it's because you haven't touched the throne. I promise you, when you touch that throne, you lack no more. I can boldly testify this. When you touch the hem of his robe, your soul becomes fulfilled. You found a cure. I don't have to go searching anymore. I found somebody who touched my soul and it became pure. It said immediately, my brothers and sisters, look at the verbiage of our God. Look at his words that he wrote down in eternity for us to read right now on February the 1st, 2024. He wrote this in eternity. So his words are very, very careful. He says, coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe immediately. Underline that if you have to. The bleeding stopped. Oh, she touched something that said, I found it. Oh, I don't have to search no more. I don't have to search no more. I don't have, if I do get the house, I'm cool with it. But guess what? If I don't get it, I don't care. Why? Because I found something that cures my soul. If I don't ever get married, I don't care. Why? Because I found something that cures my soul. You think I'm smiling because of what the things I got? You sadly mistaken and you don't know me. Because if you begin to know me and you know who I am, you'll know I'm smiling because I got to touch his robe. What robe you talking about? Man, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a robe that I'm telling you, it begins to flow. Listen, listen, okay. Let me, oh, let's go back to Isaiah 6 and 1 real quick. We just freestyling real quick, real quick, real quick. 
I, I ooh, yeah. Let me just read Isaiah six. Let's let's revelate real quick. God want me to revelate. Okay. Uh, so he was sitting on his lofty throne. Let's just talk about the lofty throne. It's above your mind. It's above your house. It's above your degree. It's above your position. It's above your status. It's above your looks. It's above your name. It's above your color. It's above the college you went to. It's above where however much money you make. It's above that, you know, because it's a lofty throne. It's by himself. It's above the president. It's above the Oscar winner. It's above the Grammy winner. It's above the NBA player, the NFL player, the Super Bowl winner, the Super Bowl MVP. He sits on a lofty throne. Who I'm talking about? I'm talking about God right now. Everything got to stop. Hey, everybody stop. Put the dog, tell a dog to stop barking. Tell, tell the cats to stop meowing. Matter of fact, tell the sun and the moon to hold up. Tell the water to hold up. I'm talking about God right now. He on this lofty throne. Can you see him? Can you see him? Can you see him? Let me tell you how I know when people begin to see his lofty throne. I'm going to give you a definition of when I know America will begin to see his throne. In the train of his robe filled the temple, attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings with two wings that cover their faces, with two that cover their feet, and with two that flew. They were calling out each other. And what they were saying, holy, holy, holy. I know America has seen a throne of God because the people will begin to cry out, holy, holy, holy. The whole earth is full of his glory. Your life will begin to cry out, holy, holy, holy. What does that look like? Your life begins to be holy. That's how I know you've seen that lofty throne. That's how I know you touch the throne. Blaspheming for anybody to sit up here and have a tour that say, watch the throne. You better repent of that. That just came to me. And if you went to that, you better repent of that. If you worship that, you better repent of that. And we see, ooh, okay, okay, God. You see what people going through when they, when they blaspheme God like that. We see what somebody going through. Don't ever do that. God talking right now. Don't ever have something like that that say watch the throne anymore. And don't ever, God's people, you don't support anything like that. The only throne that we ought to watch is God's. Man, what are you talking about? Those who know what I'm talking about, they know what I'm talking about, and they know they need to repent of that. And I'm talking to anybody. I don't care how much money you got. I don't care how popular you is, how much influence you got. That was disrespectful to the one true God. Let's go back. I, I guess I had to, I don't know. I just, I guess I had to, you know, tackle that. 
We just cause man, he the only one sits on the throne, man. Our generation has come arrogant, man, and we really, we really stepping into realms. And this idol worshiping we doing, hey, we really playing a dangerous game that I, I, I feel like we really don't know what we playing. We really playing a dangerous game. And so uh, I'm going back to Luke chapter 8 and verse 44. I feel like God just wanted to, you know, get something off his chest real quick. Yeah. Got people out here. Uh. Nah, nah, nah. Trying to take the throne of God because they got a couple of uh, songs. <laughs> Man, if y'all don't sit down. Because they got a couple of songs. Nah, 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 nah. We got to we got to begin to rebuke that because mm -mm. our kids think that stuff cool, man. Anyway. Verse 44, Luke chapter 8, verse 44, for those who coming in, welcome to the underground, a place to hear the word of God before you go six feet underground. Who am I? I'm just the voice of one calling out saying repent, for you know the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Back to this word that we never left. Mm -hmm. Luke chapter 8, verse 45. Who touched me, Jesus asked? Who touched me? Everyone denied it. And then Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. And, you you know, he kind of saying, man, everybody around you right now, and you talking about who touched you? This tells me right there. God just told me right there in verse 45, oh, there's a different way that you can touch the throne of God. You can be amongst the crowd and be the only one that's touching the throne. You can be in a ministry full of people, but be the only one that can touch that throne. That shows me right there. Even in the crowd of people who say they believe and want to be around Jesus, you can be holy and set apart from there too. That's where I want to be at. Goals! Goals! Everybody got goals for this and that. I got goals to be set apart in the midst of the crowd of people who saying they love God. Goals! But Jesus said, someone deliberately touched me. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't just a, I guess I'll go to church and see. I guess I'll see what, well, let me see what God can do for me. Now, nah, somebody, they was on a purpose. They was on a mission. They wasn't worried about a crowd. They was telling the crowd, move, get out of my way. I need to get to the throne. Oh, you doing too much, sis. You doing too much. Get out the way. I'm still trying to get to the throne. It don't take all that. You, oh, you such a holy roller. Oh, my God. They too, too serious with it. I'm trying to get to the throne. I'm trying to deliberately touch the throne. You, the reason you mad at me, because you making a throne. I'm trying to touch his throne. You trying to build your own throne. I'm trying to reach his throne. That's why you mad at me. You want me to fall and worship your throne. Nah, I'm trying to deliberately touch him. Why? Because I know, I know that's the only cure. That's the only cure for me. 
So please stop with your commercials. Stop with your ads. Stop with your dating apps. Quit trying to push that up on me, world. Quit trying to push that up on our sisters, world. That don't cure us. That's a lie from the pits of hell. Religion can't cure us. The Pope can't cure us. A president can't cure us. A denomination can't cure us. I got to touch Jesus. Tell me that or don't tell me nothing at all. Why is he so crunk right now? I'm going to awaken the souls and the sons and daughters of God. The groan, because they groaning. See, there's a groan. When you begin to walk with God, God begins to give you an ear for the groans of his people. Shut up, so Oh, he begin, you begin to hear the groans. They don't even have to speak. You see a person and you hear them. Oh, they groaning. Let me go pray for them. Let me let me pray for them right now, God. I was I was I was uh, at work today and I was in a meeting. And I was in the meet, in the meet, I was uh I was by a big window. And so I was able to see people walking and walking. I was like on the uh fifth floor. No, fourth floor. Roman style, by the way. And uh <laughs> and uh shout out to the 90s. And I seen people coming and going. This is no lie, y'all. I can feel the groans of the people that I was looking at. Like I, I can, I, I was a guy would be like, pray for that person. Like it was, it was, if, and I'm so serious. So I was like, oh, okay. There's a groan. There's a, there's a pool. There's a bleeding that God wants to give His chosen ones to be able to hear. You'll be able to hear them without them even saying nothing. You're hearing in the way they walk. You're hearing in the way they talk. You're hearing in the way they look, and you can begin to intervene, be a, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh. A middleman for them, a middle woman for them. See what I'm saying? But anyways, let me keep going through this word. Oh, uh, so he he was like, man, who touched me? You know. But Jesus said, "Someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power come out from me." Do you see what said? Do you see healing power? And when I talk about this healing power, God wants me to tell y'all, this is for you. Listen, my uh, children, God is saying, hey, have you got healed from that relationship? I have healing power for that. Have you got healed from those uh, those fornication relationships? I got healing power for that. From that homosexual relationship that you had, I got healing power for that. For all those drugs and alcohols and those spirits that you was attached to when you was out there. For the greed, for the selfishness, for all those things you got mixed up with when you was out there being a prodigal and you was living in that pig style. He said, have you got healed from that? I got healing for that. Press through, my daughter. Press through, my son. Deliberately try to touch me. 
You know why we're not delivering with it? You know why? We're just lazy. Ask God to break that lazy spirit off of you. Man, I ain't lazy. What you talking about, bro? I work uh, 12 hours a day. I'm not talking about uh, working for the flesh. No, no, no. I'm not talking about it. Yeah, we all have been trained not to be lazy to work for this world. That doesn't impress God. You've been trained since you was a little boy, a little uh, teenager to work these type of hours and go work for the money. Oh, no, nah, we're not lazy for that. I'm talking about being lazy in the spirit things. I'm talking about being lazy to the word of God that say, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. See, we become lazy to those type of things. Early in the morning will I seek thee. We are lazy to those type of commandments. But what we are not lazy to is when we get a schedule and our boss posted or, or we uh, our boss calls and say, hey, can you be here at 7 o'clock? I'm paying overtime for it. We're not lazy for that. Oh, absolutely not. So understand what I'm talking about, my brothers and sisters. I'm separating the common from the uncommon. That's common to work 12 hours a day. That's common to work overtime. That's common. But God says when you're set apart, you begin to set yourself on a path and you become fearfully, wonderfully made for his image. We got to begin to ask God. And I'm telling you, when, I, when I'm telling you guys something, trust me, God has dealt with me about it. God, help me not be lazy in the spirit. Help me not be lazy towards the things of the kingdom. Why is it that I can work 12 and eight hours, but I'm tired after 30 minutes of prayer? <laughs> I'm ready to go. I'm ready. What is that about, God? <laughs> what is that? You got to begin to train yourself, son. You got to begin. Why, why is it that I can I can watch a TV show for, for hours at a time, dear God, but when it comes to hearing the word or when it's time for me to open up the word, I, I begin to... What, what, why is that, God? He said you're lazy in the spirit. Son. You, I'm trying to train you up. I'm trying to get, you, get you, your energy up, your stamina up when it comes to the things of the spirit. Oh, yeah, for sure. I do be sleeping on that TV. My, yeah, my wife, now I be sleeping on it. You know why, though? Uh, it just don't entertain me no more. And I'm being so... I, I'm glad you said that I'm so serious. When you, be, when you begin... Yes, hey, I didn't tell her to say that either. I didn't tell her to say that. Thank you, God. Uh, when you begin to meet God, when you begin to meet God, I praise God for that 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 spirit that He gave me to get up in the morning. That's all God. That's God trained me. He trained me for that. He trained me. Hey, son, get up. And it it took time. I've been doing this since I was in my twenties, though. You know, so I'm just letting y'all know it takes time. But it's like, uh-uh, get up. I need you to get up in your word. And now it's, it's, it's it, you know, you begin to get stamina. So like when you go to the gym, right, you may start off running 10 minutes on a treadmill. <laughs> right? And then you keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. Guess what? Now you're up to 20 minutes. <laughs> and then guess what? Keep on doing it, keep on doing it. Now you're up to 45 minutes. 
non-stop. Ba, 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 ba. Then all of a sudden, now you one one hour on the treadmill, two hours on the treadmill, right? And then somebody may come along and be like, man, how you able to do that? They didn't see you when you was at 10 minutes breathing hard. They didn't see you though. You see what I'm saying? But it was because you was consistent with the 10 minutes. Even though you was at the 10. Even though you were struggling with the 10, you was consistent and you was disciplined with it. Now you're doing two hours on that treadmill with no problem at all. That's how God wants you to be in the spirit. Yeah. See, the things that we see happen manifested in the flesh, you know where they start off at, my brothers and sisters? In the spirit. We are receiving things. Everything we see. It happened already in the spirit. We be sitting there like, ooh, we late. That big came out. Like, there's going to be things that come out in 2024. Probably happened in the spirit in 2020. <laughs> we just not seeing it. God said, my word, I already told you that was going to happen. Hey, check this out. I'm going to keep on moving and grooving through this word, though. He said, fire. I felt the healing power go out from me. That's verse 46. Verse 47. When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden. Let me tell y'all something. You secret Christians. Once you touch or get a touch from God, your ministry can't stay hidden no more. Your testimony can't stay hidden no more. You can't shut up about God. You can't stay hidden when you get touched by God. I don't want to say nothing because, you know, I don't want to offend nobody. Uh, you know how people be at work. Man, I got touched by God. Everybody got to hear this. <laughs> it's impossible to stay hidden when you've been touched by the throne of God. The woman realized that. Who touched me? Jesus, oh, somebody touched me. She said, I can't stay hidden no more. Let me get up out of this. Let me get up out of this corner. I'm talking to somebody right now. You've been in the corner too long. Get up out that corner and go do what you got to do for God. I'm, I'm a loner. I'm an introvert. I'm shy. Get from that corner and do what you got to do for God. Stop wasting that time. Come on, brother. What you doing? Talking about you waiting to get somebody who go, go, go invest in you. You've been touched for, by God. That's, the, that's all the investment you need. Get to the work of God and stop playing. Anyways, so she said, oh, I can't stay hidden. So she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. That's, ooh, we, that's another way I know that America has touched the throne of God has seen the holiness of God, we will begin to tremble and fall at his feet. People standing up too much in church for me. That's how I, oh, we ain't seen them yet. Mm -mm. <laughs> oh, listen here. The president, when he's on live, you guys, man, that ain't gonna happen. I'm trying to tell you what I've seen and I know. When people get a vision of God, the president himself, will fall on his knees and begin to praise God. That's how I know. Oh, American and seen God. <laughs> uh-uh. 
We got people standing up and, you know, walking in all boldly, walking in comfortably, walking in late, walking in with coffee cups, walking in on their phone. Uh, we have, uh-uh, mm-mm. We need to, listen, when we walk in trembling, it say work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Do you understand me, my brothers and sisters? This is how I know that we have seen God. You begin to, to tremble before him. Not in a tremble like, oh, I'm scared. What he is he go? Not like not like that. There's a reverence for the throne of God. That's what I mean. And you begin to fall on your knees in front. That means every move you make, every step you take. There's a every 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 decision you make, you fall on your knees before him and say, God, what you want me to do? How do you feel about this? How do you feel about this person? How do you feel about this business opportunity? How do you feel about this move? How do you feel about this ministry opportunity? Why? Because you tremble before him. It's it's it's, it's that you don't want to displease him. The whole crowd heard her explain. So when she fell in front of her, in front of him, the whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Hey, this is for somebody. God is about to send you a crowd that you that you can explain how you've been touched by God. Your ministry is about to start. You're about to explain the miracles of God in your life. I'm talking to a couple in San Antonio right now. This verse is for you. I, I just seen that. Yeah, God is sending you a crowd. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. I'm talking to a couple in San Antonio right now. That's for you. God is having a crowd around you. It's time for y'all to explain how God touched y'all. Let them know. Let them know. And when and check this out. When you do that, my beautiful couple in San Antonio, people will be immediately healed. Receive that. It said in verse 48, daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Go in peace. Go in peace to my brother who just got his prayers answered. Hey, it was your faith that made you well. Come back in peace. Bring peace with everything that had confrontation. You go in peace, my brother. <laughs> your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Leave in peace. I come in peace. I'm not coming back to argue. I'm not coming back to fight. I come in peace. My faith has made me well. Oh, God is speaking to some people right now, man. Oh, glory to God. Speaking from the throne. Now, I want y'all to really pay attention to this, though, okay? This is the important part that when I was reading, God said, okay, make sure my children understand this. Okay, 
So the man, now we, we focus on the woman, but the story was really still about that man. Remember the man whose daughter was dying. See, the woman with the issue of blood, she was a testimony for that man. God has shown me. He needed faith. He needed to see a miracle because he had a daughter dying at home. So he needed to see something. Oh, my God. Can he really heal? And that woman came at just the right time. He's seeing all this play out. Do you know what that's doing? Building his faith. I want you to know, my brothers and sisters, the bleeding that you had to go through, it was building somebody's faith. Somebody was watching that. It was a testimony for somebody. It was building somebody's faith. That man, that, that leader of the synagogue, Jerry's, man, he's watching all this. And his daughter, and he's still, he like, man, my daughter at home dying, but wow, I'm seeing Jesus just heal people. This is awesome. But verse 49, while he was still speaking to her, a messenger arrived from the home of Jerry's, the leader of the synagogue, and told him, your daughter is dead. I want you guys to be very careful of messengers who's going to come into your life and try to snatch away the word of God, the miracle of God. You see how this messenger came all of a sudden with bad news? Here's that this man has seen a miracle and all of a sudden this messenger come out of nowhere talking about, well, your daughter dead. Trying to snatch away the miracle he just seen. Trying to snatch away the revelation that he's seen of Jesus away. Watch out for the messengers that's coming in your life. If they're not messengers that's coming to bring good news, cut them off. Your daughter did. There's no trouble. There's no use of troubling to uh, the teacher now. Look at this negative talk that this messenger came. There's no use of just praying to Jesus now. There's no use of fasting now. There's no use of seeking Jesus now. Your daughter dead. Your dreams is dead. Your business is dead. Your marriage is dead. Who is this messenger? And what messenger do you have in your life that's bringing you false news, bringing you negative news, bringing you gossip? Identify them and cut them off. But when Jesus heard what happened, he said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just have faith and she will be healed. I love the fact that when, when the messenger come, God will always, he can counterattack and send a word that you need to hear. Quickly, God said, hey, don't be afraid. Just have faith. Just have faith. I don't have money. Just have faith. I don't have resources. Just have faith. I don't have a building. Just have faith. The doctor said we can't have children. Just have faith. 
I'm praying for a husband. I don't have people that I can talk to. Just have faith. 2024, you might just have to have faith. Your thinking can't get it. Your money can't get it. Your looks can't get it. Your influence can't get it. Your social media presence. I'm tired of hearing that. You got to have a social media presence. They can't get it either. You got to just have faith. Your talent can't get it. Your manager can't get it. Just have faith. God say, I'm looking for some people who just have faith. And guess what? It will be healed. That's that word right there is so simple for people that they it's too hard for them to receive. Fifty one. When they arrive at the house, Jesus wouldn't let anyone go in with him except Peter, John and James. Hey, 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 this new journey you going on. Everybody can't go with you. This new level you going up to. Hey, 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 everybody can't go in with you. Do some inventory on your life and see who can go in with you. See who you can start talking to on the phone. See who, who you need to start texting. Verse 51, when they arrive at the house, they're arriving at the place that a miracle that the child is about to arise from death. God is, God is about to resurrect something. And he says, I can't let everyone in with me. Let that sink in. And the little girl's father and mother. Verse 52, the house was filled with people weeping and railing. But he says, stop the weeping. She isn't dead. She's only asleep. Yo, the, the purpose of God in your life is not dead. Awake, awake, oh slumber. It wasn't dead. The devil lied to you. God still wants to use you, my brother. God still wants to use you, my sister. That word that God gave you 10 years ago, 20 years ago, five years ago, it's not dead. It was just asleep. You let it go asleep. But it's not dead. Stop listening to the lies of the enemy. And I'm telling you, stop weeping and stop crying and thinking God has forgotten about you. And thinking God still is not going to use you. Awaken your faith. Stir up your faith. God wants to do a new thing in you. I say he wants to do a new thing in you. And the old has passed away. Behold, the things have come new. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. 
He has a new way of living. He has a new way of looking at things. He has a new way of spending his money. He has a new way of treating his wife. He has a new way of treating his husband. He has a new, she has a new way of treating her husband. Excuse me. He has a new way of treating his kids. Everything becomes new. Come on, what are you doing? It's not dead. It was just asleep. Why did you give up on yourself? God is that you you have given up on yourself, but you're following everybody else and you don't give up on their dreams. You commented on their dreams, but you gave up on yours. Why is that, my sister? Why is that, my brother? Why is it that you can prayer hands everybody else? goals and everybody else's purpose, but you gave up on yours. Why is you praying for everybody else's ministry, everybody else calling, but you stop praying for yours? I'm going to need you to awaken your faith tonight. You don't have time to wait till the morning. You don't have time to wait till next week. And you definitely don't have time to wait till Sunday. You need to do it now. You've been sharing You've been commenting. You've been uh, 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 reposting everybody else's ministry. What about yours? I want you to start posting your stuff. I want you to start sharing your gifts. I want you to start sharing your ministry. While everybody else's ministry is alive, while everybody else's goals have been alive, yours been dead. But God sent me here to tell you it's not dead. It was only asleep. And I sent a fool to tell you. <laughs> Awaken. Awake. Guess what will happen? But the crowd laughed at him because they all knew she had died. Yeah, people ain't go, you know, they go laugh. They may look at you and say, hmm. He, okay, he so he think he okay. He preaching again. She preaching again. She talking about doing this again. Okay. He talking about he trying to be right with God now. Okay, y'all. I know it's just a phase. Okay. Yeah, they go laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They may not believe what you talking, but that's okay. That's okay. That's good. That's good. Verse 54. Then Jesus took her by the hand and said in a loud voice, my child, get up. That's the message that God is telling all his children all over the world right now. February the 1st, 7.21 p.m. My child, get up. I'm not talking to the flesh right now. I'm talking to the spirit that's within you. Get up. Get up. In verse 55, and at that moment, Oh, thank you, God. Right now, in this moment, God is saying, her life returned, and she immediately stood up. 
Life is returning to God's children right now. Hey, let's let's hey right now. We're, start clapping. Start celebrating. Life is returning right now. I know we can't see it, but in the spirit, I feel it. Life is returning. Life is returning to God's children right now. They're, they're beginning to stand up and they're finna walk in their purpose. They're they're coming back to God right now. If that's you, I want you to, if you drive and pull over and begin to give God praise. Amen. If that's you, if that's you, fall to your knees and begin to give God praise right now. Yes. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. The sons are coming back. Yes. Life is returning back to the sons of God. Life is returning back to the daughters of God. Those in prison. I know you locked up right now, but life is returning back to you right now. Stand up and give glory to God. Let everybody in the dorms, in the prisons hear you praising God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God got you protected. Don't worry about it. God got you protected. Begin to give God praise in the prisons right now. Why? Because life is returning to the sons and daughters of God right now in the name of Jesus. Right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Life is returning. Life is returning, my brothers and sisters. This is a wonderful thing to see. I'm seeing it right now in the spirit. It's a very beautiful thing. I just, I'm, I'm so grateful that God is, is able to speak to us, you guys. He's able to speak to us. And I want you guys to continue to press in. Get up. Stop laying down in the filth of this world and get up and do the purpose of God. Do the purpose of God. I'm going to play something real quick. Take it real deep inside now. Breathe reality inside now. Take a breath of the pure oxygen. It's time for God's children. To believe. Just believe. To believe. Just believe. Just believe. Daughter of God, it's time to believe. Son of God, it's time to believe again. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for helping us to believe. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Is it way for me? Is it way for me? Sometimes. Thank you, God. There's just nothing left to do, so you wait for me. Thank you, God, for helping us to believe again. Thank you. When everybody just thought I was a friend, leaves you. I appreciate you coming to the underground. A place to hear the word. God before you I will never leave you. Who am I? I will come to you in the midst of your heartache. Because the voice of one calling out the world. I will come to you in the midst of your pain. I will come to you in the midst of your loneliness. I will come to you in the midst of your rejection.
Open it. 